The topics and views presented in this episode may be triggering to some. If you or someone that you know is experiencing a mental health crisis, please reach out to your nation's suicide prevention lifeline. If you are having an emergency, please dial 911 or your emergency services contact number. Welcome, welcome. Many greetings and salutations. Thank you for tuning in to the Moods of Change podcast. My name is Daniel Gardner and get ready because the mood is about to change. This is the weekly challenge and guided meditation. This week, take a look at what you consider negative about your surroundings. Do you feel you don't have enough of something or you don't have good things? Do you find yourself often saying, I wish I had? Materialism is a deadly vanity, but materials are very important for our comfort and enjoyment. So each day this week, find one item you have that you've forgotten about and see if you can find joy in it again. The latest may be the greatest, but may not be what you need. If you find yourself on the other side of the spectrum, hoarding items that seem to be taking over your living space, come to terms by accepting you have too many items. Are you indecisive or procrastinating more? What about your family? Do they voice a concern for your hoarding behavior? Meditate each night in a different room focusing on what you have. Think about the oldest usable item and decide how long it's been since you used it. Try and let it go. Not pass it on, but truly let it go. It will be difficult, but it will get better. Also, understand that hoarding is often portrayed as items, but people can hoard animals too. Welcome everyone to episode five of the Moods of Change podcast. This is truly a monumental episode. This is the longest I have ever dedicated to a singular project, especially one that exposes me to the public. So thank you all for allowing me to share my thoughts and experiences with you. And I sincerely hope this has helped you all in this mad dash journey through life. For this episode, I would like to start by quoting a favorite song of mine to set the mood. The song is called Lost, Chill Version by Sun Lounger. Just let your fears go, you might find your way back home. Just let your fears go, you might find that you're not lost. This episode, we will be discussing an interesting topic on reality and normality versus fantasy and abnormality, as well as delusion. I chose this topic partly due to my own personal dealings and what I have noticed in others. Some live in a fantasy nightmare, where others live in what they consider reality while foolishly comparing themselves to the ones in a nightmare. 
Just like the quote, we will go back to the problem with fear and how its crippling effects send some down a dark path and for some, becoming so afraid they become rigid and unmoving. There will be no interview this episode because I am the interview. I know I'm a narcissist. And of course, we will have a new Hey You Guys segment as well as a new segment called Storytime with Uncle D. But as always, let's kick things off right with a new poem. Elusive Illusion by Daniel Gardner Who is that I see, staring right back at me? Why those clothes are no good, the hair is unkempt, the body is not perfect, the eyes too dark, the teeth not white enough, too tall, too small, living in a home not filled with designer furniture. The latest electronics, the newest car. This merit fiend has a mind too broken. Not good for this world. Never accomplished anything. Just an idiot in a world of geniuses. Just a goose in a world of swans. Mera Mera on the wall. Why am I the most unique of them all? My life is my own. I may not be considered beautiful, but looks don't make me attractive. I am a king of my domain, goddess of my universe, sultan of sunshine, bringer of smiles. I may have things to change, and that's okay. I can't be sculpted, I'm not made out of clay. So hear my war cry. Starting from today, I will love me and what I have, to the grave with what others may say. Let's take a detour from the norm and take a journey with me into the realm of the real. I call this the realm of the real because more people are delusional on what is really real versus fantasy. I experienced and witnessed this firsthand everywhere I looked. For an example, the generation that is growing up with social media influencers see the glam dolled up creators and say they are beautiful or perfect. They look so happy when in fact they are seeing their money-making representatives. Take away the bright lights, filters, makeup, and camera angles and you see the real person. See them in the real world and you see their nasty habits and real attitudes because they are dealing with real problems. Sadly, many of them have committed suicide. This does not just apply to influencers but anyone using public interaction as a means to make an income. That's just on the money-making side. Another example is dating versus marriage. During the courting phase, everyone is projecting a very tame image of themselves. The longer the dating goes, the more gremlins inside of us starts to show. But just like in the movie, if Gizmo eats after midnight or gets wet, the gremlins get free. In our case, marriage sets the gremlins free, causing a high number of divorces with the simple choice of no fault. 
which is putting it lightly instead of just saying the person I married was a fantasy. But in order to understand this topic, I need all of your help in starting things off right by defining and understanding our key terms. So lift every voice and shout. We need to understand the meaning of the words reality, normal, fantasy, abnormal, and delusion. As always, we will use Merriam-Webster's dictionary to define these terms. Reality is defined as a real event, entity, or state of affairs. That does not mean it has to be real for everyone. Normal is defined as conforming to a type, standard, or regular pattern characterized by that which is considered usual, typical, or routine. This can be different for everyone depending on circumstances. Fantasy is defined as the power or process of creating especially unrealistic or improbable mental images in response to psychological need. This varies wildly. Abnormal is defined as deviating from the normal or average. This can come across as strange or odd. Last, we have delusion, which is defined as something that is falsely or delusively believed or propagated. This is the most dangerous word of all. Now we know. And knowing is half the battle. Now that we define the terms, let's take a look at our first situation. Have you ever met someone who interprets what you say wrong? For instance, you say no, but they hear yes, or you say maybe, but they hear you will. Those type of people, if I'm honest, get under my skin the most. They live in a delusional world where everyone has to agree with them, and if you don't, they proceed to berate you until you do. This is partly because they are used to getting their way, and the hostile reaction to the no answer usually changes it into a yes. So how do you deal with a person like this? Very simple. Let your no mean no, your yes mean yes, and your maybe mean maybe. Don't let yourself be bullied or pressured into doing what their delusional mind says. In this case, it is okay to be as stubborn as a mule. I can honestly say that I've dealt with this time and time again, just like many of you out there, and it can be very vexing, time consuming, and just nerve wracking to try and deal with a person like that. But what you have to understand is that those people may not really understand that they're doing it. Not saying all of them, but some of them may not realize that they're doing it. So you have to be able to talk to them in a way that can get across what you're trying to tell them without offending them at the same time. Now, in this podcast, you will hear a lot of me talk about not offending someone because that's what we don't want to do. We don't want to offend people because when you offend people, it starts arguments and fights. And when you start arguments and fights and screaming and yelling, nothing ever gets accomplished besides more screaming and yelling and you sitting there trying to figure out what exactly are you arguing about. So just in a lovingly way, just tell them, you know, hey, I, I said no. And you keep saying that I said yes, I don't know where you're getting that, but I truly mean no. 
Or if you are trying to get them to understand that you're thinking about something, so you said maybe, uh, let them know. I said maybe. So just give it some time. Let me think about it and I'll decide what I want to do. Now, on the flip side of that, they might react in a very negative manner themselves. And because remember, they're used to getting their way. So they're not going to take too kindly to you sticking to what you have to say. In that case, again, don't no no need to yell at them. So you don't have to do that. Just say, hey, you're getting upset over something that I said maybe about or you're getting upset over something I said no about. Can we please move on from this? And that way you can lovingly keep a friend, a family member from going completely off the deep end and from you going off the deep end and getting upset yourself. I want to promote positivity and, and relaxation and understanding that people are different in the world. And just because they're not to your liking or maybe they're not the person that you thought they were. Is it truly completely their fault that you misconstrued how they were? Is it? your fault that they gave off a different air about themselves. These are things that you got to take into account because the world and learning and understanding people is very complicated. So complicated that some people don't even try. They just categorize people in two categories, good and bad. Now this next part I want to talk about, I hold very close to myself. It is about what's normal between health and death. I bring this up because I just recently had a pretty major health scare that I was diagnosed with new onset congestive heart failure. Now, this is the same thing that my mother died of when she was 42. I myself am 37 and my mother was diagnosed with her issue when she was 36. So this will hit really close to home and made me think if this was actually repeating itself. But in actuality, it wasn't a repeat. It was just dealing with me not taking care of my health. Uh, mental health has a big part to play in that. And I wasn't taking care of myself because I didn't really feel I deserved it. Now I see things a little bit differently. So what's so normal about health? Well, everyone walks around and most people are either overweight, underweight or just the right weight. But very few people, especially in the United States, are just the right weight. Now, different approaches are taken when it comes to getting healthy. Like there are those who are the, you know, gym rats that they go in there and they have to lift the weights. They have to eat the right food. They have to always jog and run and take care of their health because that's how they go about it. So for some people, it's not that easy. Myself, it's not that easy. I deal with crippling social anxiety, so going to a gym and trying to work out is actually counterproductive. So how do you normalize it in your own personal home and in your own personal life? That's a very difficult thing, and if I had the answer, I would tell you because I'm still struggling with that, with that myself. I did have some people want to talk to me and yell at me and tell me I need to get it together and that my health is this and I shouldn't be so weak and you know those people those trainers that are in your face yelling at you like a drill sergeant i do not respond to that some people do but nah that does not work for me um i actually deal better with the tinder talk and actually the more of a guiding of the hand because it's a very sensitive thing so how do you normalize your weight well 
I'm not a social media person or a social media influencer in any way, even though I do have this podcast. But I do want to say that normalizing big bodies and small bodies and bodies of all type is what's necessary. Your health has to be the first thing in your mind, not in somebody else's mind. So if you are a large person and you're happy with that, then you're not going to lose the weight just because someone says you need to lose the weight. If you suffer from eating disorders where you're too skinny, well, same thing. Just because somebody says you need to put on the weight doesn't mean that you're going to put on the weight. You have to normalize it in your own mind and you have to accept the fact that you're not the only big person out there. You're not the only too small person out there. You're not the only fitness guru out there. There are plenty of people out there that can help you with whatever you're dealing with as far as your health. Now, I say weight has the majority of it, but I'm really also talking about heart health, lung health, any type of health when it comes to your physical being. And I don't talk about that enough on this podcast because we talk more about mental health. But you really do need to take care of your physical health. Take the medicines that doctors tell you to take. Uh, go to the doctor regularly. And that's a big thing, especially upon black men. We're taught that we have to be strong, that we can't go to the doctor and get seek out health attention because that makes us look weak. It makes us take time away from work. It makes us, you know, not seem like we can deal with the, the struggles of the world. But that is not true. You need to go see your doctor because you're not an expert. So many people out there die way too soon because they refuse to go to the doctor. Now, some people don't refuse to go to the doctor, but they die anyway. Why is that? Well, unfortunately, in the United States, healthcare is a huge, huge problem when it comes to finances. If you can't pay to go to the doctor to have all these tests ran to find out what's wrong with you so then you can correct the problem, well, then what do you do? You just have to sit and wait. Wait until either it gets better or until you pass away. And I really wish that wasn't the case, but I can be completely honest and open up. I did a four day stay at the hospital. My bill is over thirty eight thousand dollars from all the labs and tests that they run for about four days. That's crippling. How am I going to deal with that? I don't know. I'm trying to get health insurance, but I wanted to tell you this because I wanted to show you the contrast between it. I don't have insurance because I can't get it right now because I'm trying to go through other issues, but there's a lot of people out there that are in my same exact boat. So going to the doctor is a huge financial cost that we can't take until it's absolutely too late. So then that leads to death. So what's so normal about death? Everybody dies, right? That's normal. That is our normal. Normal is something again, that just kind of happens over and over again. It just seems to be the norm, but I'm not going to get into any spiritual talk, but death is not normal. In my opinion, it's not something that we were supposed to have to go through. But again, this is not a spiritual podcast. That's just my own personal thoughts. But normalizing death is very difficult because it happens at any and every age. Babies die before they're born. People die when they're in their hundreds. Some people die within 30 years, within 15 years. There is somebody has died in every single age level that you could possibly imagine. 
as far as this is all the way up into the oldest person that has ever lived, that is. So we need to sit and look at that and understand that death is not normal because if it was normal, it would happen at a regular interval at the same age. So please be sympathetic to those who have lost some loved ones, regardless of the age that they were in. I don't care if the person was a grandpa and died when they're 90. It still hurts. Or if a person lost a child giving birth or while going through the process of the nine of the nine months, it doesn't matter. It still hurts that person. And we should all show sympathy and empathy for what they're going through. I myself dealt with the loss of a child at the age of four. That is something that I'll never get over. And unless you have lost a child, you can't possibly imagine what it feels like. So don't try to imagine it. Don't try to get on their level. Just show them that you're there and that you care. Now let's talk about the reality of who you are. Just let your fears go. You might find your way back home. Just let your fears go. You might find that you're not lost. There are those lyrics again, and I hope all of you get them stuck in your head. When you second guess who you are, you feel lost. You start desperately searching for something or someone who can make you feel like you're home, that can validate who you are supposed to be. Who are you? I'm Batman. No, who are you really? Think back to the poem I read, Elusive Illusion. It started out by staring into a mirror. I use that imagery as a gateway to what we humans have a bad habit of doing, consulting the all-powerful Wizard of Oz that is our reflection. In many cases, such as mine, the reflection is the fantasy and the horrible things we tell ourselves is the delusion. Or what? The mirror is not an all-seeing eye, it only shows you you, not what's inside you. For me, I can say this. I was told as a kid by really mean girls I was ugly. Since becoming a teenager and an adult, I have never heard those words uttered at me again. Yet those mean little girls can still be heard in my head louder than the hundreds of people who have told me otherwise. Media has not uttered those words directly, but they tell us what is beautiful and attractive and apparently I'm not one of the pretty ones. If we internalize everything the media tells us, it can drive us to doing things that will never give us peace and happiness. I like to say, if you go looking for a monster, you will find a devil. So before you go looking in a mirror or in your surroundings, look inside yourself. Find the devils that are making you feel you are not attractive and evict those suckers. You are attractive. I am attractive. No amount of height, perfect physical features, wealth, or the latest and the greatest will make you a prize to be had. It is who you are inside. Let's look at this from a dating standpoint. First, the physical. You feel you found a successful, well put together prospect. The car they drive scream established, their clothes scream Versace. If you make it to their home, it's all designer and in good taste. But is it really? What if it all was being paid for? Meaning recession, war that affects consumer prices, or just a bit of bad luck could make all that go away. Would you seriously stand by their side when financial matters cause arguments? When a person is pushed in a corner, their true nature pops out 
and the beautiful prize you thought you had shows their true ugly nature they hid. What about the psychological side? This is the most frequent snare we all fall in. On many dating websites, many women say they want someone as ambitious as they are. Many men say they have ambition. But what qualifies as ambitious? This is my personal experience. I have seen that those women are talking about financial ambition. They want to take over the world. But you know what those same women start their profile off with? I don't want games or serious people only. Or my personal favorite, if you are flashing money or your stomach in your photos, don't bother. Yet they themselves are talking about physical ambition. I am ambitious about this podcast. I am ambitious about helping people regardless of money. I am ambitious in treating the person who wants my love with honor and respect because I honor and respect myself. We are all imperfect in an imperfect world, so looking for perfection is unrealistic. Let me throw this in. Do not settle. Look for the person who makes you happy, but understand that your checklist gets refined and refined over the years. To sum this section up, find worth in yourself. The key word is in. When you do this, that mirror will shatter and the world will seem much brighter because you will live in the reality of who you really are. A beautiful, wonderful catch. The last topic I want to discuss is a question. Are you truly being attacked? Are you in a war for your life because it seems everyone has something to say? This is a tricky one because if you feel this way, it can be hard to see the reality. Mental illnesses can make this particularly hard to grasp as well. Again, I speak from experience. It took a very long time for me to see through the smoke and mirrors. The way I did it is to start intently listening to what is being said and the circumstance it is being mentioned in. For those who may have never felt this way, imagine this. You are sitting watching television and skimming channels and as you do, you catch one word from each channel. You are lazy. Is the television talking to you? I mean, your partner just complained that you don't do enough, so now the whole world thinks that. For me, it can be walking in a mall and some people may say to each other, fat. I didn't hear everything that they were talking about, but I am already sensitive to my weight issue. Now that random person and everyone else in the mall feels that way too. See how complicated this can be? Am I being delusional? No, not at all. Am I living in a fantasy nightmare? Most definitely. Even though I have a weight issue, it is not the talk of the entire mall. Just because your partner feels you are lazy doesn't mean the TV is harping on you too. Try to slow down your thoughts and emotions and think rationally. Think about the reality. Is what your partner wanting you to start doing reasonable? Is there more I can do about my size if I feel I want to for my own health, not for praise from other people? Just some thoughts to help you and myself on this crazy roller coaster. Now I could talk for hours on these topics, but I want to introduce you all to a new segment called Storytime with Uncle D. This new segment will tell real life stories of the realities that some people live in their challenges and failures too. I truly hope you all enjoy.
Gather around the fire, children. Uncle D wants to tell you a story. Once upon a time in a city filled with smoke, a beautiful woman gave birth to a baby boy. As her husband held his son, a name came to his mind, as if the child said it himself. Ambrose. He was cherished by his mother and father, a thrill to his brother and sisters, a healthy baby boy making him one of the few lucky ones. His birth was different from his brothers and sisters, making him truly special. Due to complications during his birth, he could not be delivered naturally. Still, he was a gift to his grandmother, who wished to see her daughter's last born before the comfortable sleep she would endure ended her days. And she got her wish, for just after two weeks of Ambrose's birth, she passed away. But with every death, a new life can begin. Ambrose rarely cried as a baby, and his laughs filled every room he entered. His dimpled cheeks melted even the hardest of hearts. For a time, all was well, but as he grew, a darkness started to form around him. Shortly after his fifth birthday, his grandfather died. His mother was heartbroken, and to cheer her up, he danced at the funeral and acted as if the death was nothing. This angered his mother instead of cheering her up. Stop being stupid, she told him, unaware that Ambrose wasn't being stupid. He was unable to feel the sadness others felt. As time went on, this flaw showed more and more, as more suffered and died around him. This led his siblings to start calling him the Harbinger, a bringer of death and pain. His siblings would endure painful accidents, but not Ambrose. In fact, it seemed as if not only were his emotions impervious to harm, his body was too. Ambrose dealt with many accidents that would cause a normal person a great deal of damage, but he remained unscathed. Once, Ambrose was dared to climb the tallest tree in the neighborhood, but not just to climb it, no, no. He had to scale clear to the top, farther than the eye could see. With a smirk and a laugh, he did just that, but as he reached the top, a crow flew out, causing him to lose his grip and tumble all the way down to the ground with a sickening thump. The other kids were terrified that they just witnessed the death of their friend and went to get his parents. But when they returned, Ambrose was sitting on a branch, smiling ear to ear and not a broken bone or scratch on his body. Just dumb luck, they all said. As time went on, Ambrose defied many more odds and experienced strange happenings. Bike tires coming loose resulting in only a chipped tooth, his hands being slammed shut and car hoods leaving no damage and that was just the beginning of his life. All the while his siblings were not as fortunate and had to deal with broken bones and stitches. Ambrose began to see himself as a happy righteous superhero. Was Ambrose delusional? Was he living in a fantasy world? Was he truly an indestructible hero? Or maybe was he a villain in the making? What about the death since his birth? Was he really the harbinger? Alas, this is just the genesis of young Ambrose's life. Only time will answer those questions, but that will have to wait and continue another night. I hope you all enjoyed the story time segment and are intrigued to hear the second part. This was a great topic if I can say so myself. Not every situation in life deals with a debilitating mental illness, but it does deal with mental health. 
Just like vitamins give your body the added boost to stave off illnesses, talking through things gives your mind the added boost to control your narrative. As we learned today, negative fantasies can be problematic issues for anyone's mind, especially if you can't pull away from it. Delusional people can be very toxic if left unchecked, and normalizing negative behavior only paves way to destruction. We also learned that always going off what others say or what a mirror shows you does not make you an attractive person. That has to come from who you are on the inside. Don't compare and just love who you are and I promise you, that is enough. Thank you for tuning in to our fifth episode. Our next episode is entitled Breaking Up With Your Slump, where we will discuss how to get out of a slump that your life has fallen into and some healthy ways to keep from sliding back. Don't forget to like the podcast and set your notifications to alert you when new episodes are posted. Links to the Moods of Change platforms are in the descriptions. Remember, don't try to change the world, change yourself, and through you, the world will change.